Welcome back to the Inn at the End. Part three of Wealth Beyond Measure is just about to start. I saved you a booth over in the corner. Why don't you grab a seat and I'll bring you some drinks. Closely, as I begin the third chapter of our tale, Wealth Beyond Measure. When we last left off our intrepid adventuring party, they had emerged from the darkness of the catacombs beneath Gideon the Grey's territory. They had faced off and vanquished a clipped, cave-dwelling manticore. They had interrogated the intentions, the motivations of their mysterious traveling companion, Balin. They had discovered a cachet of magical items and liberated them for their own use. And now they emerge from the darkness and once again find themselves under the oppressive, unmoving, ever-watching sun of the Solishtar Expanse, with dangers looming on all sides. What will they choose to do next? Let's take a closer look and let the adventure begin. All right, guys. Welcome back. Now, players, if you will, be so kind. Close your eyes, let your real life drift away, and let the sound of my voice carry you listlessly through the void into our game. Draw your mind's eye to images of sand. It's hot, it's biting, it's blinding under the desert sun. Conjure images of the Bedouin tribes in their colorful clothes, eating roasted scorpion cooked on a spit. Now see the cool cities of twilight glittering in the desert sun. Now imagine the winds sweeping across the expanse, carrying the wondrous magics, some of which you have yet to see for yourselves. You have emerged from the catacombs when you were escaping execution from Gideon the Grey who I now realize is the name of a Zootopia character, which really bothers me, but oh well, here we go. <laughs> also a magic card. Right, exactly. <laughs> Damn you, wizards! Um, and you have emerged from the catacombs, the sun sort of blinding you for a moment, and through uh, your guys' quick thinking, uh, using, God, I think you used Balin's immovable rod and some other gimmicks and climbed out to avoid what appeared to your eyes as a basilisk growing green orbs of death. And now you stand in the sun, the sweeping Selishtar expanse before you, but overhead circles dangerous looking animals that get larger and larger as they loom closer. Let the adventure begin. So The creatures above you don't seem to pose any threat at the moment. That doesn't mean that they won't eventually. Balin says, well, he says, uh, judging by the angle of the sun, we're a few days journey from noonward. And if you remember, uh, he encouraged you all, if you wanted to claim the treasure, to head to noon, the spot in the Celestar Expanse that is directly beneath the immoving sun the unmoving sun. And he says, noon is just a few few days journey away. With these threats looming over your head, with the desert before you, you got a few options. And what I present to you is a slimmed down hex crawl of sorts. 
So we can either randomize it or the party can decide on path one, two, or three. Mm. One being sort of to your left, two being straight towards noon, three being kind of diagonal to the right. I'm kind of a fan of randomizing, but that's my vote. Is there anything we can see in the distance in either of those directions? Yes, there is. Let me, Balin, and you all sort of survey the desert in front of you. And while it's hard to tell if there's a correct path or not, kind of to the right path, the the, the third path, as I laid it out to you, mm. you can see clouds or maybe a mist, very wispy clouds, at least sort of spiraling and coalescing over the horizon, very high up in the air. Um, that's kind of your only visible clue. Otherwise, you can beeline it right towards noon. It's just that sometimes the most obvious or quickest path isn't always the right one. So we can do it however you'd like to do. All you have to go off of is clouds coalescing over the area where you might go if you take the third path. Mm. Uh, would my... Everything feels like walking uphill when you're walking towards noon. It's just, I, it just sucks. <laughs> That's true. And it does get hotter and shittier the closer to noon you get. It, in my experience as like a nomad, would I have any like knowledge of of like what clouds typically bring in this that's a great point dash absolutely yeah i think i would rely on zashir here scattered throughout and that's kind of why you hired him right that's the idea yeah scattered throughout the expanse are magic wells they are devices that magically sort of conjure or capture or create water and sometimes when the weather conditions are right, you can sort of make them out much the same way that like the Polynesians might have been able to see the reflections of land like in the sky above. You can make out these wells by the sort of coalescing of moisture above them. Okay. So there might be that might be what's causing the the clouds. That's the reasonable. Zishir would assume that oh, there is right. a magic well over there. I must say, in my experience, that uh, it appears there's probably a magic well over there. We should perhaps head that way if we're interested in coming into contact with uh, magical uh, doodads. (laughs) Do people and stuff tend to congregate around these wells? Well, I don't really know. I'm I I know only so much. So I'm not just a fountain of knowledge for you to pull from whenever you feel like it. I I'm doing my best. Dash, feel free to disseminate this information if you'd like. But your tribe had a particular number of magic wells that you would. My tribe had a particular number of magic wells. That you'd migrate between. That we'd migrate between. Is this uh, one of them? Perhaps a friendly one. You would If that. not, I would. Uh, anything out here in the desert, if it's not sand, is going to attract people. And people can be frustrating. I am certain that this is one of them. Oh, then friendly faces, I would imagine. With 100% certainty, I, I must say I am 100% certain that this is one of them. <laughs> well, then, it, it seems like that's the place to go, then. I mean, well, all right. Yes, it, it appears my dragging has come in handy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is astounding. Yeah, and Balin pipes up, too, and he says, look, we could head straight, but if we don't find water, we don't last long out in the desert. I vote we follow the water. Well, see, now I don't know. Balin <laughs> wants to go that way. And now I'm uneasy about this. What? Oh, if uh, yes. we might know someone there, they might uh, have a nice place to sleep. So I'm happy about that. Well, I will say if uh, Balin is a traitor to us, I, I will render his head from his body. Ah, well, for the good of the company. Hmm. Excellent. So Onward. path number three it is. The desert is hot and unforgiving. You drink away your water as you pass the time. Balin complains a lot. 
Uh, unlike you guys, he really doesn't have his own equipment, his own supplies. So he's like begging and mooching for water from you guys. He's making a real show of dragging his feet when things get a little rough. He goes extra slow anytime that you guys might travel through the shadow of like a, a canyon face or like a cliff face or something. He'll go extra slow just to drag it out a little bit. And Zashir can tell you guys are nearing up on this magic well. It's probably still a few hours away walking wise. And if there was, a, you know, if the sun had sort of been able to move to track the passing of time, it would really feel like you've wiled away about half the day walking through the desert. But there's a particular sort of rocky feature. If you imagine like it's essentially like three boulders, immense boulders on the ground with kind of a flat rock laid over the top. It's almost, you know, a handmade structure of sorts made by primitive folks. But this is one of the only reprieves of shade that you guys have seen in a little bit. And, you know, Balin's like, Guys, I need a break. Can we just sit over there in the shade for just a short time? The clouds are getting nearer. We can't be that far away. This rocky, mm. this uh, this rocky boulder. It's about you know four hundred yards, sort of uphill. It's less. It's 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 dry. It's craggy, rocky terrain, kind of between you and it. Or you could walk up right on past it if you guys want. Mm. I could go I'm for a, some shade. Yeah. Connie? It's a, a little bit of rest with me that uh, be a bad idea. I, I'm inclined to to take a rest as well. Awesome. Okay. Well, if you guys head on up there, you begin walking up the hill. And as you draw nearer, you begin to hear voices coming from these rocks. And it's a pair of voices. And they're arguing. And one's saying, you idiot. I told you. If we would have just left that behind, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But no, you've got to drag everything with you wherever we go. And the other guy's like, look, we're trying to find treasure. It seemed like treasure. I don't know what the big deal is. He's like, oh, of course. Oh, fame treasure seeker over here. Can't tell the difference between junk and treasure. You guys get closer and you realize that two men, pretty well equipped, pretty well dressed, but they seem to be adventurers just the same as you guys. Hmm. Oh, look. And now we're sitting ducks because we have to haul around that piece of shit over there. And you can see him. He gestures. But whatever it is, it's behind one of these big boulders underneath it in the shade. Good morrow, adventurers. It is good to see another friendly face out here. I am Zashia, the tracker and adventurer and... Uh, famed warrior, you've perhaps heard of me. Of course, I don't have to hear the praises. I've heard them all before. Uh, what pray tell brings you out to this uh, great rocky outcropping? <sighs> great. Uh, he says, um, yeah, some famed adventurer you are. I know what those mean. And he kind of points, you know, to your bangle kind of bundled up in your hair. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Oh, this thing. Yes, a stylistic choice from my bride. Yes, uh, uh, sure, I'm not popular where I come from, but uh, out here in, in the desert, I, you know, I've got quite a bit of use. In fact, my body here, my new pride. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as some might call it, uh, we are in search of treasure ourselves. It seems you lot are hauling some goods a uh, solid find i see over there yeah absolutely you want it take it and the other guy's like well hey wait a second balen's just like hey guys uh maybe we should leave him alone perhaps introductions are needed for this instance i am zashir the nomad uh and your names i'm hale says the one guy the other guy's like i'm donald and donald's oh. the one that hauled whatever lugged around something that that Hale wouldn't have wanted. All right. Well, uh, may I take a look at this thing that you're uh, has come between your two two's friendship? Donald's like, no, 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 no. You can stay down there. Y'all are treasure hunters too. go find your own treasure. Well, we're looking for a very specific treasure. We don't just 
pick up any old scrap out of the dirt and haul it with us. Oh, no, no. We have a very keen, particular eye for treasure. We are not like the common rabble rousers you find out here in the desert. And Donald's like, look, I don't care if you're after a particular treasure or not. What if you like what I have? Okay, beat it. Oh, I, I assure you, I will not like what you have. <laughs> okay. If I have seen treasure and garbage alike, I, I know how to tell the difference. I am a man who knows what he wants, and I do not want whatever you have. I'm just, I have a curious eye. There's a rocky area. I want to try to sneak in behind it and try to get around them if possible. I'm sorry. What was that, Milo? There's like a rocky area like kind of below them if uh, it's possible to kind of sneak and uh, get around them in any way. Nothing that would obstruct their path, but I would say Zashir is kind of putting on a, a, a bombastic enough act that you could probably sneak around them. This thing is kind of up on a hill a little bit. It's not a huge hill. It's kind of what passes for a hill out here. I'd imagine... If you want to roll a sneak or, or something like that, um, you you have a distraction in front of you right now. So um, I would also like to use um, I would like to try and persuade them with a charisma yeah. persuasion check. I'm going to use my elegant courtier courtier sure. ability. I'm going to add my wisdom modifier to my bonuses for this. OK. And what was your stealth roll, Milo? Uh, it was 20. And I also have the, the sneaky stu- uh, feature or feet. So like 10 feet of space in open space I can move through without being seen. Oh, perfect. Well, a 20 was more than enough, but uh, factor in that. And yeah, these guys, di- like they didn't even see you when you were coming up because they were busy arguing. And now you're behind them. Dash? It was a seven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unfortunately, so Don- uh, Donald is just like, what did I say, pal? You give this like impassioned, you know, you're trying to get him. And the guy's like, what did I say? But Hale storms off. You hear him grab something and he starts hauling it out. And you begin to see the glimpses of a wooden freaking treasure chest. And he's just dragging it out. And he's like, take it, take it. And Donald pushes him. He's like, dude, I said no. Oh, yes, we have a friendly brotherly spat on our hands here. Well, uh, don't let me get into the middle of this. I was just a a curious passerby. Uh, Didn't mean to uh, incite a riot amongst friends. (laughs) All right. Well, um, yes, I guess I'm going to lay in the shade while you continue to argue. Yeah, yeah, you do that, pal, says Donald. (laughs) Balin, of course, you kind of see him. He's kind of looking around in the in the dirt a little bit, making some faces, but he's keeping to himself at the moment. Balin, uh, what's got your attention? He kind of leans over to you, Connie, and he goes, "I don't like it." What? They just, the, they just the, the people? They just dragged that chest up there. He carried it on his back. There's no drag marks. You know, that's uh, a pretty good point. Um, and I'm going to look around too. I want to see if there's any evidence of them dragging that chest around. Cause it's obviously not moving easily. Sure. Yeah. You can roll an investigation or okay. that is a good point. Hey, excuse me, fellas. Uh, what is in the chest? If I uh, may inquire, that is uh, kind of such problems for you two. And, um, Hale's like, yeah, if we knew we would, tell you but we haven't been able to get it open so oh well you need an expert lock picker like my friend over here which <laughs> one of you is the expert lock picker i am the expert lock yeah picker. yes drinko uh, is the expert lock picker <laughs> he could probably get in there and show you what uh, valuable ways you have obtained hmm let's pause real quick let's get that investigation check from connie Got a whopping seven. I, I rolled a one, a natural one on the first roll. Uh, but because I'm a halfling, I got that sweet, sweet lucky and I got a <laughs> seven instead. Well, taking a look around. Yeah, you don't. You, it doesn't really make much sense to you. Balin already pointed out there's no drag marks. There's just a bunch of footprints heading up there. Um, okay. Or not even, you know, it's not like it's soft dirt or mud or anything, but you can tell kind of looking. Yeah. Footprints. Okay. 
and the trafficked area though. Yeah. Hard to say. Okay. Um, and Hale says, well, fine. You want to open it? Be my guest. And Donald's like, I can't believe we've gotten this far. I told these guys to take a fucking piss and you're inviting them up to open my treasure. And, what, and, where did you actually find this treasure? How do you know it's treasure if it hasn't been opened? Because out here, everything's treasure, man. That's just, I found I it. up a rock. Is this rock a treasure? Break it open. <laughs> I might have just as much treasure as my chest here. <laughs> okay. And I smash it on the ground and try to break it. There's no treasure inside your rock. Okay. That was cute. There, there's no treasure there. So it'll, um, uh, may I suggest a, 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 a possible solution to your problem here? Uh, perhaps your compatriot here, Donald has run out his usefulness. Uh, he seems to be dragging you down, whereas we are a party much stronger and more fitted to supply you with treasures. Perhaps leave this fool behind and join us for our hunt. And Balin kind of sees what you're doing and picks up on it right away. And he goes, and he's like, yeah, Hale, uh, Donald's useless. He's weighing you back. And he's dragging you down like that chest. And yeah, roll a roll a persuasion. The uh, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Hale's like, I am out here in the desert hauling around this chest, and Hale just keeps dragging out the chest. And he's like, "We're gonna open this, Donald. We're gonna open this, and you're gonna see." And he starts dragging it towards Franco because Franco is kind of waving his lock picks around. Oh no, lock picks! Just my hands. Oh, just your hands. Sorry, yeah. I don't have any lock picks on me. My bad. <laughs> Well, he 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 hauls it out to you anyway. And Donald is like trying to stop him. But Hale shoves him down onto the ground pretty hard. And he drags it all the way over to you. The chest <sighs> is out in the open. Perfect. So uh, my uh, fee for this is I get the first pick of whatever's in there. The rest is yours. Of course, you found it. But to open it takes a little bit of magic. Do we have a deal? Hale says, yeah, that's a deal. See, Donald, Perfect. you can have whatever the hell is inside this thing, but we need to know. And uh, I go ahead and cast knock on it. Absolutely. So as long Excellent. as it's not magical, it pops it's open. It's unlocked. The last tricks or, you know, trips rather. Yeah. With a nice click and whatever's in there is ripe for the taking. And what do I see? You flip open the lid. And inside is just a myriad of seemingly mundane items. There's a kind of an open-faced helmet kind of tucked away on one side and there seems to be a, a bag of of like gemstones and, and intermingled with coins inside things like that but I'll the helmet the, in the uh, bag really stands out to you yeah the, the bag of gemstones sounds uh, right up my alley and i just kind of pick it up and tuck it away into a pocket it's all yours uh new friends and donald gets up He's like, what the hell, man? And he looks in there and he and he and he grabs this helmet and he's kind of looking at it. And he's like, really? What was in that bag, dude? Uh, it's it's uh, gems, mostly treasure, you know, things, things that would be in a treasure chest. And you guys see Balin's eyes kind of. He's looking at that helmet. The guy's got it kind of tucked in underneath his arm. And as he kind of turns to face you, you know, Balin's looking at it sort of underneath from behind his arm and Bela's eyes go wild. And he's like, um, yeah, great. Um, okay. Well, a deal's a deal. And he kind of starts stepping back a little bit behind you guys. Well, it appears, you know, what's in the treasure chest. Now it's a bunch of mundane artifacts, uh, uh, markers of years and ages gone by mostly useless. And Donald's like, great. Yeah. At least I have this. And he holds it up and he gets a glimpse of it for the first time. And it's this open faced helmet. And inside are these glowing red eyes. And you suddenly kind of see in the blackness underneath white teeth sort of apparate. And from there, you can make out like these swirling, writhing shadows that begin to extend downwards and take on a life of their own. And oh, they shit. form this roughly human shape. And well, before not good. planting a foot on the ground and another foot on the ground, and it shoves 
Donald as it grows and towers above him at like oh. nine feet tall. And Donald goes flying away. And this oh. thing bollocks just starts going bonkers. Let's roll some initiative. Oh, oh right. Uh, 22 for Franco. 22 for Connie as well. Oh, <laughs> 16 for old cat daddy over here. Old cat daddy. <laughs> cat daddy. 18 for Knox. <laughs> Copy that. We were ready. Okay. Whoever's got the highest decks between Franco and Connie can go first. I have 16. 17. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Connie uh, reaches into his pouch and pulls out his chanter and begins to play kind of a dark discordant tune. Um, it's just a few notes that are very staccato. And at the end, he really punches that last note and out shoots an acid arrow from his chanter. Ooh. And I'm going to cast it at second level. Let's see here. That would be 17 plus five, 22 to hit. Oh yeah. That's a hit. Nice shot. Okay. Oh, that sucks. Oh, well, I guess it's not that bad. Um, so that's only three poison damage to start. Okay, so it's 44. I only rolled two. Um, I actually got another eight, so 11 poison damage. There we go. Excellent. Yeah, your your um, arrow just looses right out of this thing, and it impales in its shadowy flesh, but it seems completely undeterred in fact your arrow your the magical sort of apparition of your arrow becomes kind of consumed by its shadowy flesh this isn't good okay well done Uh, yeah um if if there's a rock that i can move behind i'm gonna do that uh yeah you could take shelter in the kind of hut thing it's three immense boulders as a sort of like tripod with one flat stone across the top of it is like a roof like a flintstones house franco franco uh well this is no good uh and you see just three uh versions of franco appear beside him as he you know evens the odds against this giant thing and i cast mirror image on myself excellent and uh, I've got my sword and my shield ready. And so there's just four sword wheeling dervishes at this thing's feet. Yes. Cool. I love it. Oh, bonus action um, to do Hexblade's Curse on this guy. So, yeah, as I do that, God, what would his Hexblade's Curse? Just, just imbue it with a bit of, you know, sunlight energy from my weapon. Sure. That sounds great. Does anything else happen with that? Or are we just... That's it. I get benefits if I hit it. Cool. Okay. I get a crit on 1920 plus do extra damage. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, great. And there's four of me. And there are four freaking madmen circling around at this thing's feet. We go now to docks. Yeah, with my 45 feet of movement. I didn't realize I had that until today. (laughs) (laughs) Once, baby. Um, I want to uh, continue uh, my stealth kind of behind him. Um, if there is a place of elevation that I can get to and kind of attack from above, that's what I would like to do. Yeah, you could reasonably scale the kind of stone hut at the top of this hill and you would you'd be above him. You'd have a few feet. I mean, he's pretty tall, but you have the elevation, the slight elevation of the hill plus being on top of the hut. That's the highest that you're going to find. All right. Yeah, I want to off there and like a cool spinny kick. Hell yeah. Easy. Uh, 20. 20 hits. It's going to be nine bludgeoning damage from my foot. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, um, I have two attacks. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's 22 and additional seven. Additional seven. Okay. Now as a monk... These, these are just non-magical attacks, right? Nope. Uh, they count as magical attacks. Okay, that's what I needed to know. Yeah, so, dude, yeah, you, you, you spin off this thing. Your feet go flying, and you, like, roundhouse kick this thing right across the face, and as you land, you, you know, punch it or elbow it or do whatever. You're, like, swinging out some, some freaking Muay Thai or something on this thing, and you, you ring its bell. You ring its bell. Uh, do you think I'd have any more movement after that? 
Yeah, I'd say so because you were pretty close to the hut and you kind of climbed up there and jumped down. So yeah, I could see you having maybe 15, 20 feet left. Oh, let's Fleuro blows it too. Why not? No, 20 and 17. 20 hits. Uh, That's another six damage. Nice. And now I get to disengage as a free action and move my 10 feet away. (laughs) Hell yes. Doc's laying down the law over here. And you're you're carrying your jug the whole time, right? Your big old jug with you? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've I've got it in my pinky. It's just kind of hanging out there. Um, Zashir, you're next. Yeah. Uh I'm going to use my fighting spirit and give myself advantage on these attacks and also my great weapon master feat. I'm going to uh take a negative five to this first attack. Okay. Run up on it with my katana. In both hands. Absolutely. Katana. Okay. I'll stop saying that. Um, <laughs> I have my katana. My katana. Um, and here we go. Okay. Non-natural 20. Hit. God, you guys are on fire. Yes. That is effing sick, bro. Okay. And that is going to be 21 damage. Okay. I got to ask. My sword just, is not magical. It's probably a regular sword, right? Yes, it is a regular katana. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, your blade, it, it's, its shadowy tissue opens up and just kind of cir- encircles around your sword as it wisps right through, seemingly doing no damage. Ah, Beelzebub's balls. That should have worked. Well, I mean, he, he knows nothing else but to attack. He's going to attack again. Oh, yeah. Um, this time, no negative five penalty. Uh, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, that's going to be 14. Miss. Okay, that's it. That's my turn. Okay. It's a good try this year. I know. I and, did my best. And now it's Balin's turn. And uh, unfortunately, Balin is not well equipped out here. Uh, he's got a tiny little dagger that he has drawn. But what color is his shirt? Balin? Yeah. It ain't red, baby. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it will be after this, though. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he kind of takes cover, backing up a little bit more. And he tells you guys, he's like, this is a shadow spirit. Okay. It's imbued within the confines of the helmet. All right. If you can't destroy the spirit, destroy the helmet. And that's Balin's turn. <laughs> um. It's now the shadow. <laughs> it's now the shadow spirit's turn, and Zashir w- rolled up on him with his katana, and he. You see the spirit walk up, this massive hulking figure, and his sort of sinewy form whoosh, looks like it morphs, and suddenly a shadowy black, oily sword appears in its hand, and it brings down an attack right on Zashir. Does a 17 hit. Just. Boom. Ow. He does 10 damage. Ow. And now he goes, he sees, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Franco. He sees all the mirror images. That pisses him off. So he goes to attack a mirror image. So feel free to tell me if I hit you or not. Oh, I think you roll, right? It's going to hit an image. Excellent. I guess I should have seen. Do I see if it's a hit first or no? You, it does. It, you do see if it's a hit. They do have AC, and if you don't hit the AC, then you don't hit it. Okay. Uh, does a fourteen hit? A fourteen does hit. Excellent. And so it vanishes into nothing. And you just see this thing's red eyes just they just burn brighter. It's sort of white teeth grimacing as it vanquishes this image. <laughs> It relishes in destruction, even though it wasn't even real. Uh, you see Hale. Hale has drawn uh, a, a weapon from his side, and it seems to be a, a mace of some sort. And he's just running full bore at this creature. And he goes right between Zashir, right between the mirror images. And he goes to land a blow at this thing, and he misses. The sinewy figure just warps itself around his weapon. He goes to attack again, and another miss. Donald, on the other hand, Donald seems to be conjuring all sorts of magics. We're going to see something here. Damn, Donald. You got the magics. 
You got the magics, boy. <laughs> One eye, I feel bad trying to turn him against, <laughs> turn his friend against him. <laughs> so Donald, though, you see him conjuring magic and Zashir, he actually targets you, strangely enough. Oh, why, you son of a bitch. And you need to make a wisdom saving throw. I luckily have proficiency with that. Eat a dong, Donald. It didn't help that much. Uh, 12. Lucky for you, you begin to get the sense that something is hilariously funny about this whole situation, but because of your bangle, you are unaffected completely. And you just relish in the oh. awkward comedy of uh, that, that he was trying to impose on you. <laughs> nice try, Donald, you doofus. And you just... <laughs> The alliteration of your name and insults is going to be hilarious from here on out. <laughs> and you see first shock across his face and then rage. And he shouts something in a foreign language that none of you understand at the, at the shadow spirit. Donald we go back the, to the dung eater. We go back to the top of the order, starting with Connie. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. I am going to take out... Uh, how far away from me at this point is this shadow beast thing? Well, you shot an arrow at it, presumably from near the hut, right? Because I think you said you kind That's of That's why I took to get... cover, yeah. So 20 feet. I am going to go all out. I am going to put away my chanter, draw my rapier and my dagger from my belt, one in each hand, and I'm going to charge, and I want to try to see if... I don't know if I need to parkour this or what, but I want to try to attack that helmet specifically and just see if I can sink a blade into it. And considering it's a rapier, I hope I can pierce through. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can hit above the AC, you can choose to hit the helmet. Cool. Friends, I just got a natural 20. Hell yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. My question is, is how do you want to handle this DM? Our crits are like Alex's crits, baby. Cool. Roll those damage dice. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was gonna punish you for trying to target a freaking metal helmet with a rapier, but I feel like a crit deserves a little bit of a reward. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, well, aren't rapiers for piercing specifically? Like, you yes. Know, <laughs> just not a. I suppose there's not a ton of force behind not metal. <laughs> You're piercing the magic of the helmet. Yeah. So we're doing one full damage, one roll plus bonus ones, correct? Yep. Okay, so it's eight. Just plus. like a normal crit would be, except you don't roll the crit. <laughs> Just gotcha. Take it. So, uh, 14 piercing damage, and I'm using my two weapon fighting or whatever. So I have the dagger as well. Do I need to roll a separate attack for that? Yeah, that would be your bonus. You okay. have to use your bonus uh, action to make an offhanded strike. That's one I'm going to do. Ooh, baby. 23 to hit. That's a hit. Four damage. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, you you earned it. You leap through the air. You're... God, this thing is, has to be out of your reach, but I'm going to just say you had the momentum from the hill. Well, I, I don't know if you remember. I wanted to parkour off of something to, to be able to get up there. <laughs> okay. Easy enough. Yeah, you saw hail down there and he was just like like he went low for the knees whoosh, and his back was exposed to you after trying to <laughs> blow out this dude's legs with his mace and you just leap off his back timing it perfectly right as he stands up whoosh you like springboard up into the air and you can see this thing is a, a fairly unadorned sort of brass looking helmet but right in the center is is kind of a, a diamond imprint and you thrust with the rapier right there would have been a killing blow had this been just a bare face and then you come in with the dagger and you strike again and you just you kind of sense the sort of magic of the slishtar expanse coursing through you as you ring this dude's bell and you can hear a sort of crystalline ringing sound hanging in the air and while the helmet doesn't break while it doesn't shatter you got the sense that you really clocked it pretty good so all right let's go ahead and go to franco and go you see franco's uh three images 
all do a cool maneuver and little dance and they all strike at this thing with the with the blade uh all at once only one of them's real though and i'm gonna go ahead and do green flame blade with this oh hell yeah so 22 to hit that's a hit 12 damage to it nice oh wait and plus a little more because of the hex blade yep. curse uh, damage all proficiency proficiency plus three i think at this level so another three so it's at 15 well and some green flame is going to spout out from it and go after donald oh nice sure yeah yeah, the second creature takes fire damage equal to the spell casting ability modifier. Yep. So, so that's three. Oh, plus a D8 because I'm fifth level now. So five flame damage to uh, Donald for trying to cast spells on us. Woo. Yeah, he sees this green gout of flame just spit at him. He tries to dodge it, but it's too late. And he just he gets singed. His skin kind of turns kind of a bright red underneath the heat and he mutters curses at you. Stay out of this, Donald. We'll deal with you soon. Docs. Uh, yeah, I want to do the exact same thing and then try and kick this helmet uh, off the off its uh, head. Sure. Uh, 21. Hit. Uh, 25. Nice. Hit. Hell yeah. <laughs> 12. Uh, key force inspired uh, uh, to, uh, damage. Well done. And you targeted the helmet? Excellent. Yeah, you you like leap up there and you just boom, boom, you know, you start throwing fists at this thing. And as your fists hit it, you can sort of sense the weakness, the cracks growing and its magical energy that were started by Connie. And you just feel its its hold on the spirit of this creature weakening. Is that your turn? Oh, man, I kind of feel like I should do another Fury of Blows, but uh, that's a lot of key to spend. <laughs> but it also allows me to disengage, which is pretty cool. So and we're going to do... spend it if you're dead, Docs. True, true. <laughs> Let's go ahead and Fury of Blows it again. 19. Miss. And 8. <laughs> Miss. Oh, no. All right. So disengage free action and uh, move whatever movement I have left plus 10. Sure. Oh, God. Yeah. You can go really far away because you were right. You, you were like probably because you disengaged before. So, yeah, you can get even further away than you were. Cool. As long as I'm still within 45 feet. Sure. Zashir, baby. Bring it home. Ooh. Yes, well, I believe I'm going to attack uh, Donald. Um, Yes, Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to use my last use of fighting spirit to give myself advantage. I'm going to run over to Donald and attack him. Uh, Donald, you have danced your last ditty, it appears. Uh, (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) See your Franco yell out, good one. Thank you. And I'm going to come at him with my katana. Uh, 14. Hit. Oh, sweet. Okay. That is going to be uh, five damage. And then I'm going to attack him again. Do it. <laughs> That's a nat 20. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck you, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> um, crits are, it's just the. Just how the- Alex was doing them. So take a full damage dice. Mm-hmm. And, then and then roll an roll attack another. on top of okay. it. Sweet. Okay, sweet. So that's going to be uh, 20 damage. So 25 total damage Ooh. between the two attacks. Oh, Donald! Donald's dead. <laughs> yes! Or he, he's at least unconscious, but he, he hits the ground. He's bleeding. Your katana blows. They were expertly placed, and he didn't have the will to, to stand and fight anymore. Cast your wizard shit on me. <laughs> and Balin, he's just like, good job, just Zashir. You're doing it. You're doing great. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that's his turn. Goes to Hale, who misses the first one, misses the second one. Donald's dead. And now the spirit. He goes to, oh, Zashir. Okay, so I guess I need to know if I can hit a mirror image. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, you're hitting me this time. 22 to hit. That hits. Okay. 
Can Finally. Do... <laughs> well, wait, wait. Can I do a Bardic Inspiration or something? Did know. you give anyone Bardic Inspiration? I think you have to do that. Or or uh, is that what it's called? Or are you thinking cutting words, I bet? Yeah, cutting words. I have to use a, a one of my inspiration points to you to use it, right? You tell me, bro. Yes. <laughs> and so uh basically it's a D8 subtracted from the attack. Okay. Let's let's read this. Yeah, you have to use your body inspiration. Yeah. So, so I'm go, gonna, go ahead. That works. Yeah. Nicely done, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh I hope it's enough. Uh that is a four. Eighteen so to hit. Eighteen. Eighteen to hit. Okay. Okay. Hold on, because uh, that's still gonna hit me. But I'm gonna go ahead and bend luck yes! <laughs> by using two sorcery points to drop a D four off of this. <laughs> We're gonna get there, Alex. Together, we can do this. Oh shit! This is the one thing I didn't need. Ah, <laughs> uh, dropped it down to by one to a total of seventeen. 17. My AC is 17. Oh, Let no. me double check. Change your shield. 17. Yeah. This hit had to happen. All the fates <laughs> in the world couldn't yeah, change it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm, that was amazing. Though. I'm glad we did it, though. Yeah. I'm glad we yeah. did it. Luckily, said that, I'm like, oh, 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 I can add on to that. <laughs> you take seven damage. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's not as bad as I was expecting. I try and play it off like it was a mirror image that got hit, but still stayed up. <laughs> oh, whoops. Accidentally rolled a damage dice. Okay, and now he's going to attack Hale. And this motherfucker crit. Yeah, I don't care if he gets hit, so. He's going to get smushed. Yeah, so. it's my butt- he's not my buddy yet. Oh, shit. Nice. 22 damage. Oh. Connie. Let, let that be a lesson. Yeah. It's your turn. Okay. Bring it home. Um, this thing is visibly weakened. You can sense the weakened helmet. You can sense the creature's weakness. I'm going to keep attacking like I was. Okay. Uh, kind of focus on the helmet, on that crystal crack point, whatever it was. And I'm going in for my rapier. 21 to hit. 15 plus 6. Hit. All right. That is 9 piercing. And then for my dagger. Actually, I'll stop you right there because okay. 9 damage on the helmet. The helmet shatters and it falls like tempered glass. It just turns into a million little shards of glass and falls down around this creature's shoulders. Mm. However, now it screeches like a banshee's howl. You Uh-oh. all need to make a wisdom save. Dash, I'm going to need a wisdom save from Zashir. Is it is it a frightened thing? What's the effect? Because I get advantage against... Certainly. Yeah, and actually, Dash, you don't need to roll. I'm sorry I made you get up. You're fine. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, wait. Yeah, my bad. It's yeah, cool. and go ahead and take your advantage. All right. If you have advantage on against being frightened. And it was wisdom, you said? Yes. Uh, 10 for Franco. You are frightened. 15. Save. Also 15. I actually rolled 14 on both of those. Die. Saved. And Zashir is unaffected. And Hale is affected so he's freaking the shit out too now you can do your second attack if you'd like connie that is a 21 with my dagger that's a hit it's a hit and now with the helmet gone you feel your dagger bite through the flesh of this creature for five damage well done almost there this thing is on its last legs guys it looks just battered and defeated before you it's franco's turn this poor creature couldn't do anything. It swung its sword like a madman. It hit Hale. And now Franco, hopefully. Franco, terrified of this thing. This thing. Oh, my God. His helmet is off. It is terrifying. And I'm still going to stab it. Yeah. Um, but being frightened, I should have disadvantage on it. Correct. Since I can see it. Okay. Ooh, that's not going to quite do it. It's 14, 15, 16 to hit. Miss. Miss. And uh, I'll stay where I am. I'm, you know, safer among my friends that are me. Maybe Docs will bring us home. Uh, I'm going to pull out my dragon's breath jug. And yes, you are. Uh, I'm going to run up within 10 feet of it. I'm assuming that should be close enough. Uh, and I'm going to say, how about a little fire scarecrow? And I'm going to take a drink. <laughs> nice. 
and <laughs> you feel the heat welling up inside of you. And this poor creature has to make a deck save. Oh my God. It rolled a six. <laughs> yes. And it's right within the gout of your fire. Um, so go ahead and roll uh, 3d6. Dang. 12. And let me double check. Yeah, and this, the, the blackened tissue of this creature, it catches in the gout of your flame. And when your hearty breath of fire ends and you're standing there panting, you would expect that this creatures the, the the flame to dissipate but instead this thing goes up like it's like it's a you know an animal fat candle just every part of it like melting wax and this creature begins flailing like a madman if you are within 10 feet of it you need to make a deck save which i think is franco Jeez. i think that's connie yeah docks is far enough away and hail needs to as well fucking hail uh 15 Saved. It's a, it's a saving throw, correct? Yep. Yep. 15. Okay, I have a disadvantage on this. Uh, Yeah, that's a fail. <laughs> okay. And hail failed as well. So you two are bludgeoned by this creature's fist as it comes around. You're going to go ahead and take six damage. And you are knocked to the ground, and you miss all of the excitement as this creature just flails wildly. It falls to the ground underneath the burning desert sun, and its skin just sends flame up into the air. Sparks and skin are melting off of it, shooting into the air as it slowly dissipates and dies, being burned alive. The end of the fight. Well done, gentlemen. All right. Woo. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I killed. Thing? I killed Donald. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that well, guy was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> there are many dicks other than Donald out here in the Solishtar expanse, listener. I do thank you for listening, but I must rest now. I'll be back here at the inn at the end, spinning chapter four of Wealth Beyond Measure next week. In the meantime, if you want to support our operation at the inn, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash inn at the end and leave a tip for Phineas Lightfinger and his band, or perhaps the tavern keeper who keeps your drink fresh. But word of mouth suits the inn just as well. And if you're so inclined, leave us a rating and a review on your preferred podcast platform. But as always, whatever you choose to do, we appreciate you listening, and we hope that you join us next week for Chapter 4 of Wealth Beyond Measure. Until then, grab your sword and keep on adventuring.